with the powers of both Squirrel and Girl, it's Cape Crisis, the weekly comic book podcast on the Laser Time Podcast Network, hosted by me, Henry Gilbert, that is H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G, on Twitter! Yeah! I feel extra glad about that because I pressed that button myself. A little bit better when you squeeze the juice yourself. It does. It really does. And I hate, you know, having to give up the power over the sound effects to Chris. I can now press the sound effect whenever I feel like it. And I can make the, the thing talk right now. Hey, Mo! Your sister's ass really tastes as sweet as Alvarez here says it does. Oh, the thing. what your mama's putting in the cold muffin. Oh, thing. Why did you say that? But uh, anyway, yeah, hey, if you're just joining us, this is Cape Crisis, the weekly comic book podcast that appears on the Laser Time Network where we talk about the new events in the world of graphic novels and comics and sequential art, as well as talking about what we have been reading. Mm-hmm. And I have been the host all this time. And I'm here with... Dave Rudden. Yeah, and it's just the two of us for right now. Brett should be here yeah, he soon. Might, might be swinging in in a second. Any moment now, yes. yeah. But, but this is the first non-Chris episode. Uh, uh, sometime, yeah, yeah. But Chris is off working yeah. on something. We all actually have about an article or two that needs finishing, including yeah. him. But we got to get stuff done before Halloween, because this yeah. is a spooky month, is it not? Dave? It is terrifying. Oh, it's so spooky. I think Freddy Krueger's here. Is it really just Freddy Krueger's music? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Nah, it's cool. Money for nothing. Whatever. That's, it's a long one. It's not a good song either. Oh it's not even... It. That's not the one that people associate with Freddy either. It's uh, one, two, Freddy's coming for you. So yeah, I mean, hey, oh, Freddy Krueger came in. <laughs> uh, that that sound effect was not as helpful as I wanted it to be. I've still got some things to learn, Dave. Uh, but anywho, yeah, Chris is working on stuff. I shouldn't be knocking over over headphones during the podcast either. But I'll tell you what I did learn was reading a bunch of comics this week. I watched a bunch of comics and watched a bunch of... I read a bunch of comics and watched a bunch of TV shows. Ah, It was a mine. busy week. Uh, the big new one I read was Squirrel Girl Number One, which is the second Squirrel Girl Number One of the year. Wow! It, it was just ten months ago they started Squirrel Girl, and now they're starting it again. But it, it, is this like in the same vein as Howard the Duck, where it's like we're relaunching it, but everything yeah. that you liked is still here? Yeah, Don't exactly. Worry. It's the same team, same setup. It's just. Eight months later, and it's sort of a new starting point. They're like, oh, now it's our newest semester in college. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Nancy and Doreen have mm-hmm. moved off to their own apartment. They're not in a dorm anymore. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, it's just... And, and also they're incorporating the fact that Squirrel Girl is now a new Avenger. So she's wow. one of the new Avengers, which I talked about how she is a she's like the comic relief, at least in the first issue of New Avengers. And yeah, the first issue is a lot of fun. I I mean, they didn't need to sell me mm-hmm. or give me a jumping on point for Squirrel Girl. But if you're not in the mood to pay the, I guess, 15 bucks or whatever to get the first collection of four issues, you can get the Squirrel Girl, like just this first issue for four mm-hmm. bucks. And check it out and see see how it uh, see how it goes for you. I really enjoyed it. And again, if though if you're somebody who's written to me before saying like you hate Erica Henderson's art, well, you're not gonna like it more. Like it's only more it's it only more little, silly. And, yeah, uh, but yeah, not something you expect out of a superhero book. But then again, this is not a normal superhero book no, to begin no. with. But it, same it with, takes some getting Howard. used to. Same right. with Howard. They're both yeah. like that. I and, think yeah, yeah. When it when it threw me off the most is when uh, they were drawing. People that I know elsewhere in the Marvel universe, <laughs> uh-huh. like Galactus, it's like, well, you may, it looks, or, who's it, who's she? No, it was uh, Galactus. Yeah. You're right. And, wow, I got I got it right. I'm actually surprised. Yay. Um, but, 
yeah, like when you see these characters in like the kind of a comical lens, uh, that throws you off. And I know that's also part of well, with Galactus in particular, is that Galactus is like in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, like, that's that's defined in the book. But and, I'm like, I can't. This is like even in it, like with the way that Squirrel Girl sees him. Uh, that's a hard name to say. Squirrel, Squirrel Girl, Girl mm-hmm. sees him, just looked too goofy. Like didn't look like a. Like a like a someone comedic, you'd see in other comics. So it's a comedic book, and you kind of you do have to let go a few things. Yeah. Like there, I don't think anybody in the book, and this includes this most recent issue. I don't think any other, anybody acts completely out of line, or like yeah. Spider Man would never say that. Yeah. But you're just seeing them in a sillier light, is what I. Yeah, think. I might be be a little bit hypocritical here because I I, <laughs> I I I, I kind you loved of... you loved Howard and liked. Girl. Yeah, and I loved how because he's a guy. No, uh, he's sexist. Um, but like, I totally didn't mind Spider-Man being a complete like emotional wreck in yeah, Howard the great. Duck. Whereas, like, I'm like, those characters draw it slightly differently, and mm-hmm. and uh, Squirrel Girl, and I don't like it. I don't know. No, the artist- I guess it, I, that was maybe like kind of a it kind of let me get used to it, and then I, when I saw Howard the Duck, I'm like, oh, this is fine. It's mm-hmm. just like a throwaway joke. Uh, there's and there was one other funny bit in uh, Squirrel Girl that I like. So Squirrel Girl in her first appearance, I don't know if you read it that came in her book. Oh yeah, in, in yeah the, the very end, yeah. Where she her, looks like Ruth Buzzy or yeah. like some la- laughing comedian, uh, more like Carol Channing. Yeah. And, and maybe that's what I'm just thinking as I just wrote about it in uh, helping Chris with every mm-hmm. Aladdin uh, or every genie impression from Aladdin ah. explained that's in there, and that includes Carol Channing. But anyway. In her first appearance, she says she's a mutant. She identifies herself like, I'm a mutant. That's how I have powers. Now, Dave, I don't know if you've gleaned from previous podcasts on here, but that being a mutant is less uh, desirable these days in the Marvel Universe because that belongs to... um, X-Men. That belongs to the X-Men and the the Fox franchises. And, uh, you know, there's... Part of the post-Secret Wars deal is there was just Terrigen Mist, Terrigen Mist that went out that made most mutants sick and have to leave the planet. Like, wow. So, wow. so here then you have Squirrel Girl who's mm-hmm. a, who is a mutant. Mm-hmm. So then they have this great conversation on one page where Nancy meets uh, Doreen, Doreen's mm-hmm. mom, Maureen, and Nancy says, oh, this is when she first showed off her mutant powers. And then the mom said like, no, no, she's not a mutant. She thought she was, but she's not. And <laughs> They say, "Oh, really? Why?" And she's like, uh, "Some mom, fox took it." No, the well, yeah, it's 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 so lampshaded. The mother basically says, "I can't explain why she isn't a mutant and why what her powers are aren't a mutant, but I can tell you for sure." A doctor told us, "Quote: She is not a mutant in a very literal and legal sense. <laughs> Legally, she's not a mutant, and I can never take this back." And so <laughs> it wow. was that just showed to me that it was them it was them goofing around with just the edict from above the like squirrel girl's not a mutant and some people think that's because if they wanted to make a squirrel girl film the yeah. first step is to say she's not a mutant and uh I, with the little amount of faith i have in fox and well actually no fox is a little bit better but like non-marvel movies to make non-marvel companies to make marvel movies of the mm-hmm. serious venture and yeah. like doing that but also making it comedic like ant-man mm-hmm. or guardians of the galaxy that's even a tougher thing but to we'll do. see how deadpool deals with comedy though uh, you know yeah. i mean he could have everybody go and <laughs> or even uh, and, and maybe squirrel girl deserves that same yeah. kind of laughter 
that's going to go on for seven more seconds if I don't close it. <laughs> yeah, so it was. It's an interesting thing, and I'd love her to be part of the Marvel. She could give her own. I don't know Netflix special, maybe, or just she's a supporting character. That is what they're doing with all of the. Well, if you're Marvel not ready women, to be right? in a movie, then you. Oh yeah, is all the just, women. All the women are shoved onto TV. Oh yeah, and then one one is on ABC. Uh, well, Agent Carter. I mean, yes, Agent Carter. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're right there. That is an ABC. It's more of a mini series, I'd say. Mm. Uh, so also, I caught up with Invincible Iron Man. I've now mm. read the second issue. It's got. Uh, you've probably read the spoilers at this point. If not, quickie way, but. The Doctor Doom's in it, and Doctor Doom okay. is out of his armor, has a normal face, and seemingly is trying to atone for all the awful things he did, which makes no freaking mm. sense to me, and also feels like a sort of a Secret War spoiler, since he's in a very different place now than he is in the unfinished Secret Wars. But he's an interesting foil for Tony Stark, like, and I feel like... I mean, they're Bendis. both like wealthy dudes. They're both yeah. rich dudes who yeah. build suits of armors, and uh, yeah. But it's it, I, I'm interested to see where Bendis will go with it. I think the two of them against each other is an interesting situation. I but, suppose uh, to go back to Fox and Marvel and all that. Like mm-hmm. I thought, like all I mean, the Fantastic Four were canceled, right? Yeah. And yeah. uh, no it, Fantastic Four is Doom in the same boat where he's like trademarked by Fox. Oh and, yeah, they uh, own Doom. Yeah. Like the the annoying thing with Fox is like. I I love the Fantastic Four. Love those characters. But if they could even just say to Fox, like, okay, you guys can just have the Fantastic Four. Just give us Doctor Doom, Galactus, and Silver Surfer. Those three alone are worth like a billion dollars to yeah. add to the Marvel. I mean, Cinematic they're like, universe. yeah, the best villains and Fantastic Four. But right, it seems but... like the rule at Marvel isn't. I think I think Marvel realized that it would be too obvious to cancel Fantastic Four and then have Fantastic Four nowhere in the yeah. universe. Like that's too far. But they cancel Fantastic Four and just scatter them to the winds. They're like, you're not buying a dedicated thing book. You're buying Guardians of the Galaxy to also see thing oh. in it. It's selling you Guardians of the Galaxy and he's hanging around with them. Same with Iron Man. Oh, well, Doctor Doom's in Iron Man now. If you want to see Doctor Doom, buy Iron Man okay. books. And it's it's to enhance, I think that's their plan with characters they don't own. It's to enhance characters they do own the movie rights to. Okay. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's complicated. We shouldn't even have to think of this shit, but it's... Anyway, but but Invincible Iron Man 2 was an interesting read, Mm -hmm. but it also, I complained about this with one, I'm complaining again with two, that it feels safe for trade, and I, as in, it is a very gradual six-issue story that will read much better in a collection, and, like, just the cliffhanger page was just like, this should just be I turn a page and read it, because this isn't a big enough cliffhanger to, the issue one had an amazing cliffhanger, Mm -hmm. issue two had just like, nah, that explosion, no one's hurt, and... I'm going to turn the next page and just... Did a superhero die in this explosion that you don't see them in in directly? I know. Yeah, I I would bet no. Uh, All right. Well, so then let's get into the DC stuff Mm -hmm. I read this week. So the only thing I read from DC, I did buy the new Batgirl, which I heard was very good. And it deals with Batgirl and Dick Grayson, which is... Like, oh man, they're my. I've been shipping them since mm. I was a kid, and they haven't really dealt with them together in the new Fifty Two all that much. Did Chris O'Donnell and, and Alicia Silverstone not have that spark? You, you I should, can't remember. They, I mean, yeah, there was an implied relationship between uh. them. You know, on the in the Batman animated series, they cut uh, they cut through what people thought mm-hmm. was going to be the d- direction they go with that. They thought it would be Robin and, and Batgirl, but instead it was Batgirl and Bruce, which. Uh was a bit of a naughty thing to do, I think. Or it's just, like, slightly edgy, because it is, like, a made 
September romance, I'd say, yeah. or March, April, September. They did. They they kind of did that in Tales from the Borderlands, the Telltale series, mm-hmm. where like there's two leads that are very well defined. So I'm like, these two are gonna get like become like if there's any romantic element to it, it's these two. And then it's like, no, he likes the younger sister of the main character. I'm like, oh. I mean, they, they never really did like showcase the ages, so I can't tell how big a difference there is. I was just like, oh, this is different. Mm-hmm. No, and I yeah, that's but I still think they're yeah. better. It, yeah. those two uh and so that was in, so that happens in Batgirl uh but I haven't read it yet but mm-hmm. then I did read all of the newest issue of Superman and I've been really enjoying Superman since Gene uh Gene Yuan Yang took over Gene Yuan the rapper uh, uh I'll, I'll, I'll look it up as I talk about mm-hmm. it but just that the I've really enjoyed it since he took over I think I've talked about how the previous volume was about how he gave up his secret identity mm-hmm. or how Lois revealed it and it's continued from there and though the best part is that John Romita Jr. is off the art on it because he's working on uh Dark Knight Returns 3 which good luck buddy that's <laughs> all I say but okay uh but yeah it's so in Superman 45 Howard Porter takes over. And Howard Porter has been one of my favorite artists for a long time. He worked, he's been kind of an underrated artist, but he worked on JLA with Grant Morrison in the 90s. That was his biggest deal. But from he also worked on um, The Flash with Jeff Johns, an amazing book. And he's really adapted his style into being a little more grittier mm-hmm. and like uh, pencilier, I guess. It, it, and it, it really works well. And okay, Gene Nguyen mm-hmm. Young. Yang, Gene Luen Yang. Okay. Best I'm gonna try at his mm. name, but he's he's just really got what Superman is about, and it's just this interesting situation where again Superman is weaker than he's ever been before. He can't even fly. He's sort of bulletproof, and now he has no secret identity. It is wow. such. It has been such an extreme move for Superman that it's interesting to see what they're doing with him because. In the new Fifty Two, I thought so. He just doesn't have powers anymore, or is no, it like that whole does. like where he spends it and then has to recharge? No, he it? he has the same level of powers all the time, and yeah. they're not recharging. He did uh, his solar burst thing, mm-hmm. and he then did it was too gone. Hard once. Yeah, he did it too hard. He did do it too hard. Well, <laughs> and then and, he went blind. That's well, like yeah. the actual. Yeah. Uh, and his parents un- warned him against that, and he didn't listen. And an unseen supervillain mm. also mm. took stuff from him. But, but anyway, so now he's basically at the power level of, I'd say, and I wouldn't even say Colossus or the Hulk. Like, he's Hulk-ish. A weak heart. Or yeah. like uh, Hulk's buddy, Doc Sampson, if, if anybody knows him. But he can jump really high. Mm. He's relatively bulletproof. And he's pretty strong. That's Superman now. And so... So, like, yeah. relatively bulletproof, like... Peep, gun like bullets, bullets are like paintballs. Bullets won't do stuff to him. He won't like it. He'll be like, "Ow, hey!" So like paintballs, but well, he wouldn't bruise. So. No, it wouldn't even bruise. I don't oh, okay. believe. Or he's he's kind of on the level of Luke Cage, really strong, unbreakable skin I, to a point. Though so I think if, like cl- yeah. like uh, point point uh, rain, uh, point blank nerf shots. This hasn't been tested enough yeah. yet in the comics, so I can't say this with absolute yeah. certainty. But yeah, it's. I, I I like where it's going, and I really like Howard Porter on it. And so mm-hmm. I just like enjoying Superman again. And speaking of super things, Supergirl episode one, the pilot, oh. which I'd already seen because it leaked out, but I watched it again, aired on CBS. Which, first off, let me tell you, Dave, it is really hard to watch things on CBS legally yeah. if you're not watching broadcast television. It's not on Hulu, which is stupid. CBS is, mm-hmm. they don't want to be a part of Hulu. They have it on their app, but it's a paid thing and i'm not paying cbs five dollars a month to watch 
to watch CBS shows mm-hmm. because the only one I care about is Supergirl. Well, I'm in. Well, I only watch one CBS show every week. Big Bang Theory. Yes, I yeah, love it so no. much. Now, Survivor. I, I really? still watch that. Yeah, really? there are ten over ten million people still watch that show, Hank. Uh, uh, I don't agree and with it's, that. It, uh. That's me driving away from Survivor. <laughs> It's still like you know, it, it's it kind of brought back reality television, and in that way, it's like not trashy. It's not. It's just what it's, it's a competition. It's not about just like do sexing people up yeah. or pretending you're in a marriage. Although somebody. half the cast is in in bathing suits the entire time. Mm-hmm. Well, are but they are they getting down or people? Not really. Yeah. No, they, well, they're getting down to strategizing. <laughs> I see. Uh, but you know, I it is a tough to watch every week. Like I have to either watch it live or torrent. Yeah. See if I. I mean, I pro- I I I will say I didn't watch the pilot six months, three months ago legally. I didn't, but it was on YouTube, so it's eh, whatever. Yeah. But I watched it. Some I went to the gym that night. I think maybe yeah. I should just schedule my. It's on at nine. If I can get out of here at eight, I can get to the gym at nine. Wow. So I think I can start doing that. But anyway, about the actual episode, not the ability <laughs> to watch it or not. Uh, it was good. It was a good start for the show, and it's totally. This is not a surprise yeah. because it's produced by the same people who do Arrow and Supergirl. It is much in the same style. It is a very realistic, like, no, we're superheroes. We're not half of a superhero. It's not Smallville or early mm. seasons of Green of Arrow stuff. These are super characters. And she, and also, they seem to have a bigger budget than they do on the CW for special effects. Because yeah. she does some really crazy stuff in the pile. Like, you're catching a plane. Like, that looked pretty expensive in... Superman Return. Here she is doing it on the Supergirl pilot, and it's nuts. And she's also like having bullets bounce off her and stuff. But the, the issue I have with the show is one that it doesn't. Uh, hey, welcome, Brett. Brett. Brett Elston's here. Hello. Hi. I just walked in. Bore yeah. my bore my legs tight. <laughs> well, welcome, Brett. Hey, you're a guy who is, likes comic books too, right? Mm. Just to get the audience up to speed. Oh that's yeah, all. yeah, yeah. I love. Uh, dorks and uh, dingle bats. <laughs> so I was talking about the new, the, the first episode of the new Supergirl show. Yeah, it's really good. I really enjoyed it. Because I heard it was good. It uh, it does get that she's like she's a new superhero, and immediately first episode, I have a costume and a cape. I am Supergirl. Yeah. No, none of that bullshit of like maybe I want to be Supergirl or whatever. Yeah. I think the only weird thing to me is like that. What's distracting on the show is that she has a love triangle with Jimmy Olsen and nerd dude mm-hmm. so it's like i guess you'd call him the ducky of the show if i want to really date this and like jimmy olsen's kind of a ducky type ah that's they're under they're subverting mm-hmm. your expectations there dave because this is james olsen he's a very experienced photographer who's, he's not a cub reporter anymore he's an experienced <laughs> photographer and a man in his like mid to early 30s and a tall black dude that is ah. not see that conjures none of what you think of jimmy olsen in your head so mm-hmm. Meanwhile, the other guy who sucks, he doesn't suck, but he's, he's just the geek. Like, that's how it is. Hey, this is the handsome guy. This is the geek. It's, it's, you wouldn't say. And then the geek takes off his glasses and what a, what a dreamboat. <laughs> Swings his hair back and forth and comes out of the ponytail and it's just, wow. Like, wow, you have a ponytail. I mean, that's the, that's the most negative thing you could say about Supergirl is that it, at least in the first episode, it indulges a bit in romantic comedy tropes but not to say like yeah the flash and agents of shield is tropes heavy too like they're not they're not groundbreaking television they're just fun shows it's just much like the movies you know you can kind of credit 2000 x-men with jump-starting 
the movies at least starting to get things right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, not that the Batman movies were never there. Or super, like, well, I mean, who cares? You go all the way back yes. to the first Superman. But modern, you know, starting to get it right. Whereas this kind of modern sense of uh, the TV shows are also starting to get it right. Where they're, they're not ashamed to be superhero shows. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess Lois and Clark was a show. <laughs> it was too far. Like, it was yeah. like, yeah, he's in a ridiculous outfit, kind of. It's, <laughs> it was too bright. Well, I loved it. Uh, oh, but yeah, and the other strange thing on Supergirl is, and I mentioned this when I watched the pilot, it exists, it doesn't exist in the same world as Flash and Arrow. Supergirl exists in a world where Superman is a very established thing. Mm-hmm. People know Superman, and but... I They're also, all kind of upset that he killed Zod. Well, I also <laughs> know in the Warner universe, for Warner, they're not going to let Superman be on TV. They right. say Superman once in the pilot episode. Right. And then they just kind of talk around it, which feels like that's a rule they have up top. Like, you don't even say Superman. Like right. That's what killed that Birds of Prey show right. years back. And, and there was the same deal on uh, the Justice League cartoon. They had a Batman embargo for the last two years, which was Batman was allowed on the show. He got grandfathered in, but they were allowed no villains and no ancillary Batman characters. So why? Because of the Batman Because the movies were like, you can't, the movies want this. We want to have the only scarecrow or we don't even want to open the door. The Nolan ones? The the Nolan ones. Yeah. In 2005, once Batman begins, started getting a production that, and then also the show, the Batman started on, on kids WB. And so they wanted it to be special there too. So yeah, it was a weird thing that uh, Justice League fans complain about, rightly so. Oh, okay, and lastly, I watched the... I hadn't seen episode three last week. Now I've watched three and four, the most recent episode of Flash. Right, so I've only watched good. The, first, the first two. So. The multiple worlds th- shit, like, it is... The, it, the new 52 is in there. The 52 other universes are there, and huh. they name Earth 1 and Earth 2. The multiverse is just a whole thing in the season two now. Like, they've already introduced, like, yeah, here's another multiverse dude, here's another multiverse dude. It's, I mean, it's yeah, nuts I love, how far I they're going with it. I love how much Flash is just wearing it on its sleeve. Like, yeah. this is a comic book show about weird shit and as an audience you've been trained over the last 10 years and you can kind of sort of credit that to lost mm-hmm. yeah uh, for getting like primetime tv sci-fi stuff i mean I, I again i'm going back further and further but obviously things like i mean x files and next gen were instrumental in mm-hmm. getting it into primetime but like but i can still see even like four years ago an executive producer on a tv show saying yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. well we can't confuse the audience with the idea of multiple timelines and universes yeah or, or at least like sci-fi is one thing but then like comic book characters yeah <laughs> well an issue in episode four of the flash one introduced a new firestorm which looks awesome yeah he looked cool but then last they slight spoilers for it but I never thought King Shark would be on a TV show <laughs> and they mentioned in an interview on IGN that he was one of their most expensive things ever which is why you will see him for 20 seconds but <laughs> King Shark was on it a 20 foot tall hulking shark man wow. who nearly kills the flash is just there and you're like whoa well i can't you believe you guys did king shark i can't believe they did grod i agree grod is pretty far too but i mean king shark is, is yeah. a, he's a step above in the silliness yeah, scale he is, yeah. all right well that's everything i watched and saw this week though brett i know you didn't read much but you did read a Superman versus Batman theory that you sent along to me, did not you? Oh, yeah. There was about, like a, a theory going around that, uh, what was it? I, now I'm kind of Batman forgetting. That Batman isn't Bruce Wayne. That Ben Affleck is not Bruce Wayne. Oh. 
that he's Robin, or no, that, uh, that, uh, boy, it is a complicated one that I don't think is true, but it's an amazing theory. It's an amazing theory that yeah. starts plausible and then it gets into like, well, if you look at the Suicide yeah. Squad pictures of Jared Leto as Joker, well, there's a J here and that stands for joke mm. and the joke is on us. And I'm and like, you look I, at, don't, I don't know. And if man. you look at the bullet holes here, it really does line up with it. But, but yeah. the, the basic theory was that Ben Affleck is not Bruce Wayne. He's Slade, right? That he's Slade posing as Batman. At the end of the film, you'll meet Christian Bale and he's like, nope, I'm still Bruce Wayne. Right. I really don't think I know from what I know of Christian Bale in interviews. Yeah, when he says he's done with shit, he's done with shit. I can't imagine he's gonna. If they pull something like that off, that's a great. He's not gonna Vin Diesel it and just be like, "Hey, remember me in the last scene?" I mean, if you promise somebody fifty million dollars, if you promise somebody fifty million dollars to show up for for like three months work maybe he'd even say yes to that Who knows? i mean it sounds like less than three months if he shows up at the end of the movie it's maybe probably like he might only be there for yeah. half a month to that, do a handful of shoots that like, would be quite a, that would be quite a trick if they did it I, yeah, i'd I mean, love to be fooled like and that. that's cool but it's like then it gets pretty like slavishly devoted to i mean it's a conspiracy theory to that be has, well to yeah. like that on the on the on the warner side of like no this still needs to be part of the nolan verse and we're gonna spend yeah. Fifty million just getting this guy to show up, just so, just so a percentage of the audience can go. Oh, neat! It's the same universe anyway. I think like yeah, it doesn't really need to War- be. Yeah, I don't think Warner's that worried that people are confused. Like, wait, I watched The Dark Knight. Yeah. These aren't the same people. Like, I think they get reboots enough by now yeah. that they yeah. know that. This I mean, isn't Val Kilmer, Michael Keaton, or George Clooney. <laughs> <laughs> well, so did you? Did you happen to read anything else since you last been on? It? No, I. I know you've been a busy boy yeah. with uh, changing your life. Yeah, I haven't been able. To read anything lately? Well, hopefully so. you'll I be I had that excuse. Re- <laughs> I didn't, I didn't well, hopefully you've been reading a lot, Brett. But you will read a lot in the future. Yeah, you, with your more free time. Oh, yeah, you'll have hope- so much free time. Hopefully, uh, but Dave. Yeah, so uh, I don't have that same excuse. The Walking for, Dave. Yeah, I don't have that same excuse for not finishing Star Wars. Uh-huh. I'm three issues into it. It's six issues long. It is dense. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of dialogue to go through. Uh, and I should have like confessed that I like Star Wars. I've seen all of them two or three uh, times, maybe. But I don't have like the like like Back to the Future. I can tell you like this scene was in this part of this film, and this is what was said, and this is what changed when you jump through timelines. I am so lost sometimes reading that comic. I don't know where they are exactly. I don't know what this is supposed to be leading up to. So that's why I've been kind of reading it at a somewhat glacial pace. Uh, but. Yeah, I just I, want that in the background. Uh, I, I, yeah, a glacial pace to Star Wars, you say? Yeah, well, I, I like. I mean, I like, there's certain things I like about it. I, I really like, you know, Han and Leia's interactions. Yeah, can't you? Don't you hear? Do you hear their voices in your head yes. when you're reading it? Yes, like, definitely. Yeah, I think Jason Aaron really captures all the ways they talk. Even yeah. even three PO, three PO, and and uh, Chewie have mm. such a great chemistry in that book too. Yeah, and. and just seeing more interactions between Luke and Vader is also kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That, you know, they only, what, fight twice in the entire yeah. series? And, like, it feels like there should be more to that, and this kind of fills in those blanks. But I haven't finished them all yet, so, you know, hopefully by next week I will have and have all a right. better opinion. But, uh, yeah, right now I'm just not totally feeling it. I see. Brad, have you read the Star Wars books yet? No, I've read Darth Vader pretty you much haven't? pretty much up to this point. Oh wow, but you haven't read Star Wars? I'm just not interested in it. Oh, you well if Dave was done, I'd I'd tell yeah. you to take Dave, the the book I've been lending Dave, but maybe next week you can give yeah, it a read. I could. Uh so is it supposed to be in between four and five? 
Yeah, yep. Yeah, it takes place in three-year gap between mm. four and five. Because that's what Vader is, and I, I think Vader yeah. is really fun. It takes place concurrently with Vader. There's yeah, actually, okay. in Vader, there's a scene where, this isn't really a spoiler, Vader finds out that Luke Skywalker is the guy who, is the kid who blew up the Death Star. Yeah. And he knows who Luke Skywalker, he knows it's his son now. Mm. And there's a moment, like, Boba Fett tells him, and then when he realizes it, like, he breaks a bunch of shit and he's pissed off. Mm. That scene, the exact scene happens in Star Wars 2. You just don't see the inside of Vader's mind when he when he oh. thinks it. But, ah. yeah. Um, but, but in addition well, to speaking that, speaking of The Walking Day, yes, right? I did watch. Uh, I watched episode two and three. Uh, you know, two was a a good one. Um, I thought I thought one went super slow and it had this like uh, kind of uh, flashback thing that did not work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then two just kind of kicks it in high gear and uh, the settlement that the all the survivors have that was peaceful for a hot minute. Uh, <laughs> it, they, it gets invaded by I forget what the name of the group is, like the wolves or something. But they're not, they're barely really, they're not a huge part of two and three. It's kind mm-hmm. of just the survivors escaping. And there was a, a quote unquote death. Uh, I that, don't believe it. That yeah, I knew that I had heard of it ahead of time mm-hmm. and had my own preconceived notions. Then I saw it, and there are theories about it that it's not real. Mm-hmm. It's, for some, some of them are stupid. Like it, it was not hallucinated. That's never happened <sighs> in the six seasons of The Walking Dead before, you, where some you some only see things that are real. Right? Have there even been like dream sequences on that show? Mm, not none that were that big. Mm-hmm. Nothing that would be that big of a cop out. So I think that there is another theory in that spoilers, you know, jump ahead a minute or two. Uh, I don't think Glenn's dead. I think that would be too ignoble a death and too anonymous a death for it to, like, affect anybody. But what happened was he was pulled down at the same time as this other guy who shot himself in the head. Another part of the theory is that there were no bullets in the gun, but I just think that's continuity error there. Uh, see, the guy shot himself in the head because he was just so frazzled, and he took pulled down Glenn with him onto into a group of zombies. You don't see that guy when Glenn falls to the ground. So the theory is that he's on top of Glenn. Right, and, and it's him getting torn apart by zombies. Which is also, but... like, I, I, that makes sense in yeah. the fact that this is a lot of blood. And mm-hmm. Glenn is screaming, but he's not, like, losing consciousness or anything like that. And it's like, yeah, yeah I think if your chest and your heart were being, like, yanked out, along with like other entrails in your body you would probably go into shock or something else like yeah you would only scream for so long well let's stop the spoilers now but yeah i think in general there's a tv rule there's a rule in most fiction that like no there's a clear death and a and an open to interpretation death like for i always think of south park when they killed Mm -hmm. chef Mm -hmm. they tore him to pieces and he shit his pants and they're like he is dead, 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 and you'll never see him again. Yeah. And that's the difference between that and a uh, a regular old death. That's like, oh, he's off screen. He fell. This person. It was like at the beginning of Resident Evil Five yeah. when Jill Valentine fell to her death in that video game. I was yeah. like, she's not dead. Or Kenny in the, the Walking again. Dead's first season. It's like, well, he went to go with that guy, but he's back yeah. later. But yeah, I mean, the Walking Dead. They they they've done this before in the comics. So I, it will never happen in this show. I can almost guarantee you. When Carl got shot in the eye, mm-hmm. like for when they first showed that, I'm like, oh, Carl's dead. 
he literally got shot right through the eyeball. Yes, yeah. That's going to kill you. That's got to go through your brain and, and mm-hmm. make you dead. But then, no, it's just like a thing that he is now. He has one really deformed eye. That's not going to happen <laughs> in the show. There's no way they put that on that kid for... They have to put that makeup on the kid from then to the end. Yeah. Yeah, well, and what bugged me, too, when it happened was that everyone on Twitter on the East Coast immediately... Like, if I watched that show, I'd have been furious. Mm-hmm. There was like, oh, I don't think he's dead. I don't think, oh, that finally happened. It Like, people said it... I really hated that people were terrible in the way they dealt with the spoilers because they thought they talked around it by not saying his name. Yeah. But they give the tiniest bit of details that anybody who's a Walking Dead fan knew exactly who they were talking about. Yeah. I, guys, learn to be better with talking around spoilers on Twitter. Or at least give the West Coast a chance. Just wait till the West Coast. I mean, uh, just don't look at Twitter. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. That's why I go. That's but, sorry, man. But, like, but I, but I have no sympathy for that. Like I, I, I for do, two hours, for two hours in that time difference, don't look at that's Twitter. That's why I'm off of uh, Twitter on Monday nights. It's like, uh, like I want to you know, try the next wrong. morning. But uh, yeah, and I mean, I think because I had heard something happens to Glenn, I mm-hmm. thought it would be closer to what happens in the comics, and that made me excited for someone to appear. Mm-hmm. And that person sold that the hasn't show. appeared yet either. Yeah, I think it would be great if character X who passed away. Yeah. He clearly comes back, and then he is killed five minutes later. Yeah. Like, no, oh, yeah, he's not dead, everybody. Isn't that great? Smash dead. <laughs> all right. Yeah, that'd be a good, that good twist. Be, I, all right, well, so no new homework for you today, Dave, because yeah. you still got to finish Star Wars. I will I will buy something, because I've been meaning to go back to the comic shop, so I'll have a... You'll have a, a double up? Yeah, secret right. homework. Uh, okay, well, and I know, night. Dave, you're too busy also rooting for Spider-Man's favorite baseball uh. team, the Mets. Hey, today you're not feeling good. They're down 2-0 at this 2-0 point. 2-0 is not a great place to be, but people have come back from worse. Mm-hmm. Teams have yeah, come the back Mets from did, worse. In 1986, they did. Exactly. Yeah. Though, you know what's happened in 1986? Yeah. Stay tuned later. What? Oh. Not in the show. I thought you meant stay tuned like the sequel, stay tuned no. later. Okay. Oh. Stay tuned again. <laughs> no, this look time, who's, look keep, who's, keep staying tuned. Look who's staying tuned now. <laughs> no, this time, Dave, you don't have Billy... Bragg and who's the Bill Buckner Bill Buckner this time you have Bill Buckner to win the game for you ha 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 I made a sports reference can you believe it guys (laughs) AWA title holder (laughs) behind the bag it's gone (laughs) behind the bag alright enough of this shit let's take a break when we come back a couple of crazy stories including Bruce Campbell hearing macho men have sex uh Anthony Mackey's views on Man of Steel and your answers to last week's question of the week. Stay tuned. everybody and welcome to the break for this episode of cape crisis the wonderful comic book series on the laser time podcasting network and i want to thank everybody who supports the show whether it's buying things through amazon and all the comic books we suggest to purchase through the website or if you support us through patreon which is the easiest way to directly support the site five dollars a month gets you a bunch of cool exclusives ten dollars gets you even more there's tons of cool things and you know that you're helping us pay rent and 
eat food, which is both very important to me in my life, man. I tell you, I, I need to sleep somewhere. Gotta sleep somewhere, guys. So again, thank you very much. And if you're not a supporter on Patreon, you know, really think about it. Head to patreon.com slash laser time and, and find out what you're missing out on. Uh, also, if you're a subscriber to this show on iTunes, thanks a bunch. But if you haven't reviewed it yet, uh, come on, get with it, guys. New reviews always help the show and make it more visible out there. So please uh, review and share if you haven't yet. And the same goes for Talking Simpsons. Talking Simpsons, our new Simpsons-focused podcast, uh, it goes up every week. We just did Treehouse of Horror, the first one from season two. We go through an episode a week of The Simpsons, classic Simpsons talk. It's now on iTunes, and if you could, please, please, please give it a review for me. It really helps us out. No joke. All right, and now it's time for the Hank's Corner pick of the week. So I did want to suggest something Supergirl-related since the series is out now. But I'll be honest, there's not a ton of awesome Supergirl comics out there. There have been some good ones, and uh, I'd actually suggest... I'm going to suggest two here. They're both written by Mark Wade. I think he really gets Supergirl. One is The Brave and the Bold, which is the first six issues of it, is this rotating cast of team-ups in the DC Universe, including Supergirl. And her team-up with Lobo is hilarious. Like, it's really funny, and Mark Wade. And George Perez on the art. Oh my god, it is a, it is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. And uh, check it out if you never have before. Brave and the Bold. Though she's not the star of it. What she is the star of is Supergirl and the Legion of Superheroes. Which is also written by Mark Wade. Art by Barry Kitson, one of his best collaborators. This is where she goes into the future. And she teams up with the 31st century teen brigade, the Legion of Superheroes. It is a really fun book but also kind of more intense for millennials to enjoy none of that happy-go-lucky shit you'll see in other Legion of Superhero books. I, I like the Legion. I'm not hating on them. But anyway, those are the two Supergirl books. You can buy them through the link on this week's page on lasertimepodcast.com or buy anything else through that link. And again, it helps us out. All right, enough of that. Back to the rest of the shoe. back for the second segment of episode 161 of Cape Crisis. And so there was a lot of news this week. Uh, I hate when the news is dominated by movie news instead of comic book news, but hey. Oh, we hate it. Them's the breaks, man. Well, so did you see Mark Ruffalo has been confirmed for Thor 3? He's mm. missing Civil War, but he's going to be in Thor Ragnarok. Like actually confirmed. He's Yeah, he is, he's talking about being okay. cast in it. Okay. They haven't said the Hulk will be in it, sure. but I mean, he's in it. And hey, if I don't care whatever else happens in Thor Ragnarok, if you give me a Thor Hulk <laughs> fight, that's all I need to see, and that that is going to get me. It in does, the it does uh, add some spice to the the, mm-hmm. the recipe. I like that Phase Three is basically like free reign. Like they in Phase Two, they kept them pretty relatively separate. They only were teasing around with it, and yeah. But that was one of my favorite bits in Ant Man. Like it's out now; it's in the spoiler. But when Falcon showed up, I was like, yeah. "This is the kind of stuff you can do all the time." Yeah, it felt way more like it feels way more like the movies are are less. Well, like Captain America Three is mm-hmm. Civil War, but it's not really. It's more like Avengers it Two Point really Five. Is a, yeah, like, it's. It, 
if there wasn't Infinity Gauntlet like yeah. being bigger than it, Civil War is an Avengers three level event, you yeah. know? Yeah. Or it's and, an Avengers level yeah, event. And just anyway. all the movies seem more like the team up movies that you would read in comics and not like yeah. well this one can only really have Cap in it because it's about him and Black Widow can have a part in it as well but it's a very Captain America story whereas exactly. Thor seems like it's going to affect way more than just Thor's universe, uh, you know, corner of the universe mm-hmm. well Ragnarok is a big deal like yeah, if yeah. they're actually going to do Ragnarok like that again is like that's Avengers 3 level stuff if the Infinity Gauntlet wasn't there yeah I mean that's a yeah. it's a handy way to get Thor out of the way if they need him to not be in Infinity mm-hmm. War if uh, or just in part one or whatever or sure, yeah. or if they need to or if they need to say make Jane Foster Thor yeah perhaps. if they need to bring her back or, or and do you think Natalie Portman would sign on for that uh, Jesus, to be Thor I can't imagine I think she probably likes not having to get in crazy good shape yeah. and getting to instead just wear you know blousy sweaters yeah. for, the, for the movie and just you know chill out while Thor does all the heavy lifting yeah that's uh, what I prefer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, the Ragnarok that I'm most familiar with is uh, when they ended the series in 04. Mm. Uh, and they just, like, turned off the lights on, on Asgard. They're yeah. like, nope, this whole mythology is just gone. Yeah, and it was I thought it was pretty cool. Like, mm. the, that whole last several issues of Spiral that leads into whatever's after Spiral and then Gods and Mons- Gods and Men or I don't know. Right. I, I, know for- I forget I forget who the writers were, but uh it was what the series that ended that then paved the way a couple years down the road for the Straczynski. Well, behind the scenes they were clearing the deck because they thought Neil Gaiman was taking over. Right. When he didn't they then gave it to Straczynski, but accidentally, I don't think they planned to leave Thor fallow for like two, three years. Sure, yeah. But what, it made it even more special when he came back. Yeah, and it, also him being off the table for Civil War. It, it the, made... Yeah, that's why they put clone Thor in there. Yeah. Just to get a, a Thor. Yeah. Uh, did you know, too? Oh, speaking of. Uh, Marvel films. I'm really excited to hear Deadpool. They were talking about up Colossus. That Colossus and oh, Deadpool, yeah. whole new actor, and that they think it's the best dead, uh, the best Colossus they've ever put on film, mm-hmm. and that he hasn't like he'll do more in this film than Colossus has done in any previous. Doesn't film. seem like a tall order. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He mostly just shows up to flex and have bullets bounce off. It so. just sucks because man, that it. I mean, there's a lot wrong with X3. But <laughs> it was weird where you're like, the moment of Colossus and X2 is still one of my absolute favorite. All those scenes are so good with quick cameos. Mm-hmm. Like the the whole like escaping the school thing. Like That's yeah. like one of the hottest audiences, to, to parlay the wrestling term. <laughs> uh, that's one of the hottest movie audiences I've been in. Like... Even even all the crazy stuff that goes on now, like we were just trained to expect it and expect cameos, and you get a little pop when Nick Fury shows up. <laughs> yes. But like, dude, when Colossus that dude walks in, like that's not something that's that was not in casting news, that was not in trailers or no, anything. Yeah. It was just Nobody like cared enough to spoil that it, dude walks yeah. in, his skin grows up, the whole room is like, oh my god, and then he just has that one moment, and that's all you wanted. But then when you deliver on that promise. Mm-hmm. And the next one, well, now he's in the whole movie. Yeah. It's like, well, now this isn't special. And the first time he suits yeah. up, it's going to be like, oh, that's cool. And then he's just in the movie. So Though he did do a fastball special in three. That's fine. Though that whole tease of Sentinels, that is a quick yeah, aside. That, 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 yeah, that pissed Sentinel. me off because that was the danger room. Yeah. And they advertised that. I remember before the movie came out, they're like, on The Tonight Show, here's a clip. It's the fastball special. And he comes out with his Sentinel hat. So I was like... Well, then there are definitely Sentinels yeah. in this, and they will definitely be fighting in, in the Danger Room for a while. And then that's the end of it. In yeah. the movie, it just stops. They're like, I did the fastball special, there's a Sentinel head, 
we should go back on to boring conversation. Hey, see these now? Well, Brett, I will take your many references to pro wrestling as yeah. a jumping off point for this story, which I wrote about on the site, uh, which the headline is, Bruce Campbell had to hear Randy Savage have sex during Spider-Man filming. Wow. Uh, just a quick preface. New show's coming out. Ash vs. Evil Dead. Can't wait for it. Yeah. It is the Evil Dead sequel we've been waiting 20 years for 20 plus years for it doesn't include army of darkness right no no that's from army of darkness like army of darkness counts okay it's more in the style of evil dead too but okay so he and lucy lawless who's the other voice you're gonna hear in this interview they're in the show lucy lawless was never on the shows but uh, she was never in the films right but she's been xena was produced by sam rainey's company and the producer the co-producer of it, Rob Tappert, who works with Sam Raimi all the time on stuff, is married to Lucy Lawless. And he and Campbell was in... And he was on... He was uh, Yeah, he was Autolycus yeah. on Xena and Hercules. And just seeing in the clips, like, Lucy Lawless fits totally. Like, Lucy Lawless is still awesome. Like, she's yeah, great. she's cool. So, here's this interview where they asked Bruce Campbell about working on the Spider-Man film and filming for five days with Randy Savage. Oh. Randy Savage had his girlfriend, and we were in the same trailer together. And, yep, he had his girlfriend over. <laughs> yep. Did they make you sit on the stoop? No, I didn't have to. Uh, it didn't matter where I sat. Because... <laughs> they were girlfriending right in front of you. There was some girlfriending happening right next door, but it's like a duplex with no insulation. <laughs> so, yep, he had fun working on that movie. <laughs> And Randy, you know, he had to rehearse and probably work out those routines. So she was going, that's good, that's good, no, that's better. Oh, no, not like that. Which maybe she was his acting coach. Oh, I mean, they were acting next door. Acting next door. Oh, geez, thank you for... Boner is ready. Uh, Where is that from? uh, That's from a Yahoo interview there. But yeah, they're they're just, they're doing the rounds, so they're doing a bunch of interviews. But yeah. Uh, I thought that was a funny story. It's not too, like, mm-hmm. yeah, Randy Savage had sex with his girlfriend, but it was just... It's just more like with Bruce Campbell in the next room. Like, yeah. that, that's an extra twist. I, I bet that isn't even the 100th weirdest sex mm. thing Randy Savage <laughs> has done. He's just been on the road. Like, wrestlers, all, they're, they're on the road constantly. They're like rock stars and carnies together who all have weird <laughs> sex all the time. Like, that's kind of what they do, but... Also, if you want to imagine this better, I believe his girlfriend at the time, I could be wrong on this, but his girlfriend at the time was his valet Mm. in wrestling, Gorgeous George. So you can look up her and better visualize Mm. what... uh, This is is post to getting sold, right? Yeah, he... Well... No, I believe the filming is right before WCW is sold. Like, oh, the filming, right. Because yeah, it came out May of 02. Right. And with all the special effects and sure. stuff, they were filming in 01. Yeah, yeah. And WCW wasn't dead until April 01. Though he was, uh, Randy was done with WCW yeah. before it was dead. And actually, this is another fact I found out from the OSW review. Randy had his career ended on Spider-Man. He got a neck injury because he was like, I can do this. I can oh, do every yeah. move. I remember he gets this. a neck injury during the filming, which you can apparently see in the film. Oh, At one point when Spider-Man throws him off, he lands on his neck. Uh-huh. Like, he lands into the rope and down on his neck. Oh, yeah, he does. And they say, uh, on the OSW review anyway, this is my source for it, they say he wanted to tough it out and, and he was like, no, this is my big shot. Yeah, I, I can't can do, do this. this. So he's like, yeah, I can do another scene. That. I can do that again. I can do that again. And the exacerbated injury and that was the end for him. Like, end wow. of his in-ring career, pretty much. But, yeah, poor... 
I'm also annoyed that Bruce Campbell and Randy Savage on this mega production of Spider-Man they have to split a trailer. They can't get two yeah, trailers. That is weird. Like, give them a separate I wonder if it's trailer. a convenience thing. Like their their only scenes are together. Yeah, so their only scenes not? were together, and like you said, they filmed for five days, and that was it for the Man. for the wrestling stuff. Man, five days for that scene of Bonesaw, <laughs> and he has like five lines. Yeah, yeah <laughs> though maybe Spider. Uh, though I don't know. Maybe you think I got you for Rand- three minutes. Randy's- three minutes of playtime. <laughs> Uh, saw is ready. I am annoyed that Chris isn't here, that we can't, like, extort him to say, right. come on, say it, Chris, say yeah. Bonesaw, mon ami. Right, yeah. That I was a that. shit version of what Chris I do miss that. Bonesaw. Maybe someday. <laughs> he, that should be like the, the twenty. Hey, if we get $20,000 uh, on Patreon, Chris will do a weekly Bonesaw Chris show. Chris will become Bonesaw. He will become, <laughs> Legally will, change his name. I, would, I have no problem promising Chris will do that. My, <laughs> my favorite part, what I was like, it's like, I'm going to break you like a Twix bar and fuck you in the middle of it <laughs> and i'm just like i can't even it's hard to imagine i'm trying to like well wait they break in pieces of four they never break they don't well if you break them in half but they don't yeah you, you're, i you think them break ass? on those commercials no no, no twix uh, haven't you seen the twix break yeah they break the vertically yeah, they break. yeah why would you i actually as a kid and I like one of my more that. ocd things i like separating the chocolate from the cookie or the yeah. sorry the caramel from the cookie and I'd eat the caramel, and then I'd eat the cookie, and I wouldn't have them. I mean, I like, I like obeying the commercial and giving them a break, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to imagine breaking them and then Bonsoir coming at me, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't understand this scenario. Uh, I asked him to explain, and it was, shut the fuck up! <laughs> uh, all right, well, the other audio clip I wanted to share with you guys is on my favorite subject, which is hating on Man of Steel, which... Uh, so Anthony Mackie was doing an interview that for wow. I think for a film that had nothing to do. Oh, we'll wait, but uh, wow. Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, yeah, Anthony Mackie, aka Falcon, is he was in an interview and so, the interviewer at Collider asked him Marvel versus DC, just as like a list right. of things and just to get a good argument. So here's was Anthony's reply to that. What was the last? What was the last uh, good? DC movie you saw. Uh, exactly, Marvel. I was going to say Man of Steel. I love Man of Steel. You're a banana. No, I, I love Man of Steel. <laughs> You're a banana. I, I fucking love the movie. You should just email everybody you know and ask them what they thought about the movie. Oh, I know a lot of people don't care for it. <laughs> I, I know that, but Hans Zimmer's score, the opening 20 minutes is fucking amazing on Krypton. But there's another three hours of movie I after will defe- that. I will defend that movie forever. So, so you're saying it should have been a short? I'm saying to you that I could watch that movie on loop. I love it so much. Wow. I that, love it. That scares me right, that I understand. you are reviewing movies. Right, I don't review movies anymore. <laughs> oh, good. I just, oh. Yeah. Whew, right. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, who's he talking to? He's talking to an interview for Collider. Like, that's who, who telling him he loved Man of Steel. And wow. Anthony right, Mackie right, could right. not believe it. <laughs> He's like, you're bananas. I just love that reaction. Like, you are bananas. Like <laughs> that. I almost feel like, I, I like that because it feels extra real. I feel like some actors would say, like, let's be nice. Let's say, yeah, hey, I yeah. might want to get hired by Warner someday. Maybe I don't trash this movie. Or maybe sure. Zack Snyder wants to hire me someday and they see me shit all over his movie. Like, yeah. But instead, he's just like, no, this sucks. Like, it's <laughs> fucking awful. <laughs> like, so, I don't know. I don't like... I don't like- Artists uh, smashing, like slamming critics, like you, you didn't like this thing. Mm. Well, then your opinion is invalid. Like, no, well, of course you're gonna have like weird things that you enjoy. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I know he was just making jokes and like kind of kind of making the interview a little bit uh, more memorable. But it was also like, 
Dude, he, he likes that movie. Mm. Get off of it. Like, who cares? Yeah, well, I do look at it from his standpoint, too, that it is probably his 8,000th interview yeah. that day, and he's just trying to have fun. That was also a dumb question. You're asking a guy mm. in a Marvel movie, Marvel or DC? Like, what? what's your favorite DC thing? Why would I, like... Well, clearly our fellow journalist was on the right track because he got a good quote that got shared by lots of people, and yeah. we're talking about it. So that wasn't a bad idea in his case, I think. Fellow journalist? A fellow journalist. We're all journalists here, That's right? not true. <laughs> and also, okay, we talked about Walking Dead before, but I'm pissed off anyway that, like, it's not just that people think, oh, character X isn't dead. Mm. But then there were multiple stories of, like, Here, character X isn't dead, and I can prove it. Here's a photo of them filming a scene that hasn't appeared yet. <laughs> I don't like that. Here's them wearing a clothes they haven't been in in any scene. Here's the fact that this actor signed an extension on their contract. Here's the fact that this actor wasn't on Talking Dead right after mm. to See, give their goodbye to viewers. This is... Uh, man, I can tell how much I read wrestling stuff now. But <laughs> that really is just getting into, like... And I know people follow celebrity news, like, you know, obviously it, it's its own industry. is just yeah. celebrity gossip. Has like, been for decades Yeah, for and decades. decades uh, getting into arguably centuries. Mm. Uh, but, like, wrestling has that level of, like, oh, well, you know why this guy's off TV? Because uh, the dirt sheets have, like, yeah. well, he signed this thing, so you know he's not getting here, so he's going to lose this time. It's like, yeah, at some point you start ruining the magic when you're like, well, this picture, they're wearing clothes they didn't wear in the show. So, clear, mm. it's just like, but... Do you want to watch the show and be surprised or not? Is it, it, there is a weird level. Like, that, I saw this guy being filmed with this uh, outfit, is a kind of spoiler that you don't see all that often, and only in extreme cases is brought out. Like, I feel like, again, to draw a parallel, and <laughs> they tape four NXTs at a time, but you have to really, like... Yeah. Look for those spoilers. That's like a thing that's like kept holy. Like, yeah. I don't spoil NXT. It's the best it's thing around. More, yeah, it's more of an agreement to yourself of like, I could spoil this for myself if yeah. I wanted to. But. But the, even Walking Dead, I almost think, would be on the level of, like, a Star Wars film that they secure the set, or Lost, even. That they worked so hard to keep everything a secret, mm-hmm. you know? But but that somebody can get a shot of character X wearing a blue shirt that he never wore in season six mm-hmm. to then say, like, clearly character X isn't... Though, this also makes me think, this is not really comic-related, but somebody asked J.J. Abrams in an interview, like, hey, why haven't we seen Luke yet in any of these ads? He's like, because we're keeping him a secret. Like, that yeah. his, his answer should just be like, wait, do I the goddamn movie. Yeah. Wait two months and you'll see why. What's the deal with Luke Skywalker? He's named like, Khan now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that yeah, Khan I don't. Thing. I, I didn't don't, like that. Shit, I just but. don't understand this need to like explain everything to me now. Like, mm-hmm. just go see the movie or don't all. make yeah. a decision. But like, just. But you're also definitely seeing Star Wars, and people are asking, yeah. us, like, hey, where's Luke? You bought the ticket. Like, just wait for. Like, December. I'll go see the damn movie and find out what happened yeah. to Luke. Maybe you he's know, only in the movie for four fucking seconds. Yeah. Who knows? You know, Mark Hamill was cast, so you know he will. You'll see him at some point Let it's like go if of it, you, yeah. can you not infer like what's the deal it's like it's probably really important yes yeah like and i get as, a, as an interview why you would want to know but like to for the internet to demand or for there to be like a, a, a like just multiple interview questions hey where's yeah. these ads why isn't he on the poster like yeah, yeah. i don't know i, I get why i get why say, if it's your job like you got to come up with questions and you'll always be like i, I should probably yeah. ask where's luke i get that but like yeah, yeah. where is he we've been looking everywhere <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, lastly, Supergirl had really great ratings. Like its premiere wow. was the best, the best premiere of the season. Like, well, CBS uh, is the serious premiere of the season. CBS is uh, they have big ratings yeah. because old people watch it and they don't turn off their, their I think channels. It's actually and all on right after Big Bang, even ah. so, which is like prime. I don't know. I think CBS Mondays is still a thing. Uh, mm. Ask your grandma for me if that's still when they show things. <laughs> uh, I just watched Jeopardy at seven. And, uh... That's affiliates. I know. It's not going to be on CBS everywhere. You see that? Like, I the, I just read about Jeopardy because there was a oh, question yeah. where somebody made fun of liberals. Like this, they, she guessed pansy instead of bleeding heart. Does this say? Yeah, it was like, what? this is a flower that sometimes are, liberals are named after. Mm, and so. I guess bleeding heart is a flower. <laughs> I, well, but, uh, yeah. but she said pansy, so... Flowers have crazy names. There's a million. My my, yeah, we've all my, played Flower Town. My maternal <laughs> grandfather, like he invented flowers. He was he was a botanist, like in that show. He's also like a horrible alcoholic, and I'm glad he's dead. But, but <laughs> wow! Okay. But he also invented roses, and so that's how I found that's, out like lots of, like all invented, these crazy. He invented breeds of roses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. He, <laughs> you have roses because of my grandfather. Yeah. Like, uh, maybe you're like triple, like quadruple great grandfather. <laughs> No, okay. He made new strains of roses that he he uh, even named one after then California Governor Ronald Reagan. Ah, uh, Reagan but anywho, the Reagan Rose, the Reagan Rose. Yeah. Well, no, actually, maybe it was the Nancy. Maybe he named it after Nancy. Mm. Anyway, okay. Let's get in the question of the week. We we've dawdled mm. enough here talking about my grandfather. <laughs> And uh, so last week's question of the week was, is there a comic you ever bought on sale that you wouldn't normally have purchased and you really enjoyed? And Brett, did you have one off the top of your head? The thing that comes to mind is in the early aughts, they would do a lot of 25 cent issues. And yeah. I remember getting a Hellboy comic uh, prior to the movie coming out and being like, oh, mm-hmm. Hellboy, eh? Yeah, I miss those gimmicks of like, there was the 10 cent Fantastic Four as well mm-hmm. and the 10 cent Batman books. Yeah, I like those. Yeah, outside of that, I I, I guess uh, the next thing that comes to mind for some reason is uh, in the mid in the mid nineties, yeah. as you'll hear so much of our yeah, of our tired old lives, uh, toy biz with all the Marvel toys. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. At KB Toy, God damn, this story sucks. <laughs> KB Toys just started liquidating all those toys. Jesus, but it was three for ten dollars. So mm. for ten dollars, wow. it was just like get him out of here. So I'm like, yeah, I don't really want a Dragon Man or Psycho Man figure, mm. but it's three for ten, and every week I get some money. And they come with a comic book in it. No, it's just oh, the okay. Toy Biz era. So, it, but it's like the X Men line, the Spider Man line, the Fantastic, all, everything based on all those cartoons. X-Men, oh wow, Spider Man, okay. Ghost Rider. So it's like, yeah, by all the mid nineties, they were really dumping those things at that yeah. point. Yeah, and they were just and it was liquidated. So I'm like, I yeah, I get I've I would get so many. Uh, well, that Fantastic Four line, I remember it sucking. Like it I, wasn't great, but because they had their own line, mm-hmm. you get figures of like Dragon Man and Thanos had a figure for they, like the first time. Yeah, and, they had to dig deeper, like a Puppet Master. Thing, yeah, like. and Psycho Man. Like, Psycho it's just, Man. It's just yeah. like this is nuts. Hate, love, hate, love, <laughs> obey, whatever they are. <laughs> Though the I remember also being disappointed by the first Toy Biz thing, which because yeah. they had one arm all out, one like. If you can't bend their elbows, like yeah. that, a toy has to bend its elbows. That is, that's why I could never. Well, the get first into toy the biz thing I knew of had these Star Wars guy. had these huge knee cavities, and yeah. he was pretty poseable. Yeah, he could move his elbows though. But he also, but he did come with a cool accessory of the like the smashed light post from Yancey Street. Do you remember mm. that? Wait, is he bare? He's got a He's bare, bare shirt, bare shirt yeah, right? Bare huh. chested. Weird. Uh, all right. Well, Wembley Fraggle said. <laughs> 
recently bought all the Fable trades, seeing as my local comic store had them on sale for the finale. Shameless plug for King's Comics in Sydney. And they drew in, and they also threw in Just the Tips by Chip Zdarsky and Mad Fraction. What you don't know that is, it's in the back of regular issues of Sex Criminals, there are sex tips and jokey sex tips, and so they made a kind of like a like a um, a gift you'd buy a friend, just called Just the Tips, and it's just text only My explaining goodness. sex tips. So saucy. Triscuitable said, I overlooked The Walking Dead until a big sale celebrating the release of the Telltale Games way back in 2012. That's how my dad and I got into the series. Mermaid Dream says, I re- I've recently been buying the Nausicaa volumes oh. off Amazon for oh. low prices and loving every page. Oh. Though, if it's if you're buying multiple volumes, it sounds like you're not getting the fancy $50 yeah. collection. You're just getting the single, the that's smaller how, volume. That's how ours are. It's Carolyn's like original sets of like the first well, hey, two that or three. That proves Carolyn's and... an OG, man. That She was buying them t- t- 20 years ago before any, Ameri- any of us pig disgusting Americans <laughs> watched the film. Yeah. Uh, they're great, and the movie only covers like the first one and a half. Yep. So after it's like that's a complete story, and then it just keeps going. Yeah. If you like the Nausicaa film, pick up the book through Ooh. an Amazon link on the page. Yeah. Lasertimepodcast.com. John Wahizel, who by the way sent me an amazing like too big to put up almost poster of Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. It's the it's the ad for Unbeatable Squirrel Girl one that I read this week. He took it down from his local comic shop and sent Eight. it to us. Super nice. Thank you, John. Thank you. Well, he says, We typically have pretty cheap trades out in the discount section at Jetpack. Jetpack Comics, where I could work. I've picked up tons of awesome stuff. One was Jason Aaron's Secret Invasion Black Panther trade, which was really good. I, I really enjoyed Jason Aaron's Black Panther. Uh, another was a couple of Authority trades, but the best was Robert Kirkman's Destroyer. Holy crap, that book is so awesome. Now, lots of people haven't read Destroyer because... It was one of his last Marvel works. Like, he was doing a good amount of Marvel work right as The Walking Dead began. And Mm. the second Walking Dead took off, he started taking less Marvel work and pretty much stopped it. Like, he he started this series called Destroyer, which started really cool, but it ended, like, before issue 10 easily. Just because he wanted to go just work on his image stuff instead, all full time. So, but but it's that also means it's out of print. Like Marvel, right? Marvel isn't working hard to keep it in print. It would seem. But seek it out, guys. It, it Destroyer is pretty good. Hmm. Brandolph, is this Drax the Destroyer or the Armor of the Destroyer? It's a new character called New Destroyer. Character. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Brandolph said, as an impulse buyer, I've sometime I'm sometimes afraid to look at Comicsology for sales. Yeah. But one time I did find a, a first volume issue of a newish series called Deep State. It told me if I like shows like X-Files that I would like this too. So I checked it out and read some of it. It's not bad. The art isn't my favorite style, but I like the premise of all the conspiracies behind being true. And there's your usual uh, company covering them up. But hey, it was five euros. I can't complain about losing money on these sales. I'm now in the habit of buying co- more comic books than I read because of these damn sales. Yeah, and I, I think I complain. <laughs> I lightly complained about it last episode. The comicsology sales have, are kind of becoming like Steam sales for me. That it's the sale is too good, and I'll buy something, but I, it'll take me a while to read it. Rad Mardigan says, I found a shitload of Simpsons trades at the local thrift yeah. store. I was only going to grab a few because they were supposed to be $3 each, but the cashier rang them up as children's books for $0.99, cents, so I went and grabbed all of them. Instant 15 trade Simpsons collection. Holy like, crap. Oof. 
That's Jeez. amazing. Uh, like, that is a deal. Uh, and then lastly, Hurricane said, I discovered Atomic Robo in the early days of the podcast when Comixology was a new thing. It's still my favorite series to date. I also found the sixth gun the same way. Problem with that is the first volume is great, then it immediately fell into the well. And yeah, that's kind of true about Six Gun. First volume's really good, though. I would suggest checking it out. So my unofficial answer to this is I only went to go see Fantastic Four because Chris bought my ticket. <laughs> Jesus. The new one? Yeah. Oh. Well, we and he bought, lo- bought our lunch, too. Yeah, but we also did a video out of it. Mm-hmm. It's on YouTube.com slash LaserTime. To Network. eat the Denny's food. The Denny's yes. food, yes. And mm-hmm. I like mine. Check it out, guys. What, was it the Invisible Woman Slam? I had the Invisible Woman Slam. He had, had the Thing Burger. <laughs> I did have the Terminator Genesis burger <laughs> at Red Robin. <laughs> I bet it's not dissimilar from the Thing Burger. It yeah. was indistinguishable from every burger I've yeah. ever had. I like that the Thing Burger bun at least looked like a rocky like a rock, exterior. Yeah. yeah. Well, meanwhile, the Human Torch skillet was just like, it's a skillet Don't touch with it. spicy Sorry. stuff in it. Yeah. This week's question of the week, guys. Uh, do you have a favorite comic creator you follow on social media? And who or would that be? That is my question I to really, you. I don't know. I think I only follow Dan Slot. Really? Yeah. He tweets a lot, though. He's and he tweets a, a lot. And I mean, most of them, I, I, I feel like every celebrity I follow, I just end up unfollowing. Oh, uh, yeah? Well, because they get too promotionally? Or? I don't know what it is. It's just like they either tweet too much or not enough. And then, like, I don't know. I don't really know why. Because they're just like, I don't know. The celebrity nature of them starts to get in the way. Yeah. I don't know. Well, comic book creators, though, are much more reachable. Though. No, they're, that's the thing yeah. is it's like following, you know, they're, they're more down to earth. I just, for some reason, I don't follow. I don't know. Mine's easy. Oh, yeah? CM Punk. See, he, he is the only. Wow. Yeah, well, I I bought his, uh, he did that, like, strange sports stories, and right. I actually, I bought that off Comixology, because I was like, oh, I didn't know you were doing a non-superhero comic. I'm going to read this. It sounds neat, and it was neat. Mm-hmm. Um, side note, uh, he was tweeting a lot during the Mets-Cubs series about how the Cubs were going to win, and he was very gracious in defeat, which he gave was. me a newfound respect for him. He like, really was. He's really. been a long-suffering sports fan. Who, do, who never drinks at sports games, which is even doubly crazy. Yeah, how can crazy. you enjoy baseball without any beer? Yeah. yeah. No beer? I just I don't get it. And a beach ball is thrown on the field. <laughs> never realized how boring <laughs> this is. Uh, well, I follow too many people on Twitter. I really love Mark Wade because yeah. he'll, also, he'll tweet. He's a grump, so he'll tweet. Like, if he doesn't like a comic or a TV show or a decision made by somebody, he'll just say it. And, yeah. and same with... Um, I also like that he tweets. He he shared this story today that I loved, which was about why Supergirl, the pilot, was better than Man of Steel. And the main the main thrust of it was is that Supergirl wanted to be a superhero instead of constantly doubting himself yeah. about I don't know should I should I let people drown in a bus or not? My dad <laughs> says like no, Superman should not worry about children drowning whether it's the right thing to do. Yeah. He saves people from drowning. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this is. I'm going to get 18 more tweets of me saying, quick, I'm playing about Man of Steel. But pretty soon you'll have a whole other movie to hate. Oh, I can't wait. But, uh, <laughs> Mark, yeah, Mark Wade's up there, as is Dan Slott. And another person who I've talked up a bunch, and actually somebody tweeted at her about this, is Kate Leth. I really love Kate Leth. She got her start as a webcomic artist, and now is like, she is be, she's a full time writer now on. She has, like, uh, the Hellcat book coming out. She just did the Edward Scissorhands book. She has this great book called Power Up. And I saw somebody tweeted at her. She tweeted, hey, do you guys know any good comic book podcasts I could listen to? And some gracious fan, who I apologize, I forget you, 
suggested you should listen to Cape Crisis, and there's a fan on that show, too, of you guys. So, hey, thanks for talking me up to Kate Left, guys. But I also follow Ginger Hazing, Marguerite Bennett, uh, Kurt Busiek, who shares a ton of, like, mega... Kurt Busiek, the guy who wrote Marvels, guess what? He shares a ton of mega geeky facts all the time that nobody cares to know except for him. <laughs> I love it. I love that stuff. So, yeah. Who do you follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, all Instagram, all those things? Who is a comic creator? Who are your favorites? Tell us in the forums. There'll be a link to it on this week's episode page. And that's it, then. That's the end of the episode. It's time for uh, promotion. First, I firstly want to say to our comic book fans, go to lasertimepodcast.com and read my article about why Spider-Man is the ultimate Mets fan. Now is the time to read it. The Mets uh. are in the World Series. Give them good luck, please. Give them good luck. Spider-Man is rooting for him, too. You read that article. We write so many awesome things on LazyTimePodcast.com. You should be visiting there regularly and reading stuff. But also listening to our podcast. We just launched Talking Simpsons, where we go through each Simpson chronologically and discuss each episode at a time. We just did the first Treehouse of Horror. You can listen to it just in time for Halloween. It's available to everybody. And hey, if you haven't reviewed it on iTunes yet, get with it, brother! You can hear me talking about how I don't like that Raven part. And there's also Uh Dracula Facts. We talked about Mm -hmm. Dracula Facts on the newest episode of Laser Time. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a new cheap podcast, right, there. Yes, uh, covering Hell in a Cell. Also this week, uh, for Patreon donators at the $10 level, there's Battleground 2014 Shields vs. Wyatt match. One of the best matches of 2014. Yeah, really good. And uh, Battleground or Elimination Chamber? Elimination Chamber. Yeah. yeah. And also, the me mm-hmm. and uh, Chris and Anne were on VGA this week talking oh. about Halo 5 and um, games where you're powerless to do oh. things. That was, uh, that was the top five this week. Give a listen to that. And uh, Brett, I know you just finished a lot of things, including Rockman-tober, correct? Yeah, VG Empire is the video game music podcast. We've been going on for four years now. Uh, episode 104 was the end of our Rocktober, which was in this year probably enough uh, Mega Man music, classic series, 1 through 10, plus uh, the last episode we talked about Wily Wars and Mega Man and Bass. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are all up there now. Give them a listen. They were great episodes. I was on a couple of them. And, I mean, Mega Man music's the best. I love Mega Man music so much. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of folks, uh, there's comments already up there about, like, you know, missing Mega Man 10 or, or not really d- digging into the music. And it's like, the 10 soundtrack is outrageously good. Yeah, it was, um, I was shocked too. I hadn't, I definitely played 10, I didn't beat 10, but I didn't really remember oh. all the songs. They, they were so good. 10 is exceptional because, uh, like we mentioned in the show, they got uh, a lot of composers who worked on the prior games to all come back. So people who touched the series and made it what it was came back to do one last boss theme or stage or title screen. It's like uh, it's a it's a fantastic soundtrack, and the Wily War stuff is good too. Oh, that's awesome. So guys, look that up. Listen to all of Rock Bandtober uh, from VG Empire. I guess that's it for this week. And until next time, Excelsior. Excelsior.